He's having some sort of internet issues. Bam! We're live. Is he in Africa with Taylor? Hey, I, um, <laughs> uh, is Taylor already in Africa? I'm I'm pretty sure that's why he showed us that video of him feeding a rabid animal. Oh, that's crazy! That video he sent. Hey, didn't he didn't he consider if that thing may have scratched him? Um, did you hear, see what Jr. said? Taylor has no fear of animals. He has an irrational sense of no fear of animals. Oh no, I didn't see. That. Is that a direct read from our text message? Breach I I interpolated it a little bit. That's a direct breach of uh, our trust. Uh, but but I think you're absolutely capable of making those types of assessments. So you can pass. Hey, um, uh, I so the if we were scheduled for last night, I probably only moved it to this morning because I was panicking because I was driving all day and I didn't think I would be prepared. I know, I know you like Josh more than me. It's okay. No, it's not like that at all. Although the show last night was great with him. I was so tired and somehow we pulled it off. It was amazing. You know what I did instead? What? I made my own show. Oh, you did? Yeah. Did you go live? No. Oh, tell me about your own show you made. Well, I was, I was so mad at you. And? Go on. <laughs> no, just uh, uh, it's not something I was planning to do at, at some point anyway. I just wasn't sure when and about what. So it's just maybe like a 20-minute thing, me and Patrick. Uh, reflecting on, because I don't know if you know this, I did all the semifinal tests this past three days. I did. I saw on your Instagram. I didn't know you did all of them, but I knew you were dabbling. So I did them in order. And I tried to, rep and like I didn't do the RX versions of them, but I did versions that I thought would elicit a similar stimulus for someone of my abilities. Mm -hmm. And I, and then uh, we just did a little recap of that. A lot of people were asking, what was your favorite? What was uh, overall impressions? And so instead of just answering those people individually, I just decided to make a little video and we'll uh, i think we're gonna put it out later today or tomorrow i can't i'm not sure maybe on today. your on your uh youtube or on instagram we'll at we'll advertise it on instagram but it'll be on youtube it's almost 20 minutes long um i i think we have 13 subscribers and one video up we haven't really pushed that at all but uh 13 subscribers you're off to a uh a, sw <laughs> a swimmingly fantastic start is that the word swimmingly yeah i mean I'm not, I don't think we're like, we're not necessarily in a rush. You know, I'm not pushing everyone to Patreon or pushing everyone to, you know, YouTube or whatever, just uh, trying to do our thing and let it build organically. You're chill. Yeah, I have, uh, you know, I have some friends who've, you know, started some, some small businesses and, and grown them over time. And I think that there's some from what I've heard, talked to them about and kind of observed, I think there's just some, some principles that are good to apply early on and being in a rush is probably not the, uh, the way to go. Things fall by the wayside. Uh, someone was commenting on your hairline. I know he looks like a vampire, right? This is how my hair was when I first met you. I had nice and short 2018 no beard. back on the grind, the tour for the semifinals this year, five years later, CrossFit's taking him over again. So I decided to Go back five years with the haircut. Plus, it's easier to deal with on the road. How's your How's your internet, uh, John? You good? Yeah, I, I'm going off of my phone right now. Can y'all hear me fine? If you were uh, on Tyler and um, Spin Show, would you be uh, ghettoing it and doing it on your phone? Yeah. Uh, Is this disrespectful yeah. to the Sevon Podcast? What you're doing here? Well, you haven't had me on in a while, so baby steps. <laughs> yeah. We just we don't we don't like to overdo it with you. We like it to be a big, special occasion. We don't want to yeah, interfere I don't with your games aspirations. 
Thank you. I appreciate that. It's still a ways away, but uh, I don't know why my computer's messing up. Uh, Worked for like five seconds. Here is the um, landscape of all of uh, Brian Friend's stuff. So if you're not, um, oh darn it, it's a two-step process now to get this. Okay, uh, so there is a YouTube page. Let me see if I can make this a little small. Uh, there's a YouTube fra- page up. Uh, subscribe. Okay. It's a Be Friendly uh, Fitness. Looks like it's about as organized and set up as the Sevon podcast. The pictures don't fit yet. It's all fucked up. But anyway, uh, subscribe now. And then you click this bell. I don't know why anyone wouldn't do this for everything. You click this bell and then you click all. And so if Brian goes live or if there's something new, you just get a little thing that slides down on the top of your uh, your phone. And then if you want to get on Brian's other, uh, his next, um, his next page is, uh, nope, not that, uh, this, this. Yeah. So then go over to the, to Instagram and, uh, there's a, it's be friendly, just the letter B friendly fitness. And then it's an Instagram account. Can you do that with this too? Uh, turn on notifications or is that in here? I think there is a way, but I don't think I've done that for anyone ever on Instagram. I don't see Did what turn on notifications. So I get all like, if I, I don't, yeah, see I don't know. Either. I don't think I've ever done that either. I don't, I don't, I swear there, there must be a way because there are a couple people that literally the moment I post something, they, they react to it every time. And I, I don't know how that could be possible. Otherwise, look at these ballers that follow your account. Jason Grubb, Jorge Fernandez and Anola Kai plus 60, 69. How convenient. Uh, this is a, a show where you are going to hear the picks of John Young versus uh, Brian Friend. This is a very contentious show. Um, if you're bothered by um, uh, nasty facial gestures and contortions and maybe some hand gestures, this is not the show for you. Shit could get uh, weird. Did John take a, a sink shower? I think he just came from the gym. I did. I did take a sink shower. That is very accurate. <laughs> is that true? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just <laughs> wetted it down. <laughs> well, people love you on this. Uh, you get a lot of attention. John Young looks like a really happy frog. Oh. That's a uh, rough one. Uh, another. Right. Um, uh, I don't know what this means. Uh, Lindsey Baker, hogs and dogs. <clears throat> okay. I think you're the hog, Sevan. Uh, Ken, Ken Walter is just dropping all sorts of wisdom. Uh, Sevan hasn't got off of... of 21,500 subscribers for months. Not sure how he hasn't hit 50K by now. So it's completely absurd. Uh, but that's not true. We, 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 every day we put on about 10 subscribers. We're on a good, uh, good roll. Uh, this weekend is the North. Uh, John Young isn't gay. Barry McCockner. Wow. Strong. No, I'm, I'm very happily married. <laughs> I'm concerned that that has to be said like that. That was awkward. <laughs> Uh, this weekend is uh, we're 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 gonna know uh, after this weekend how many people are going to the CrossFit Games, how many women, how many men. Oh well, that, I specifically did it like this just to confuse you. Thank you. Uh, oh, actually, I saw it in did. your article. You mean in your article? No, no, no. Oh. We did. We're not trying to confuse you. But the number in Africa is the same. Okay, it's one and one. Okay, and the number in North America East is not the same. It's twelve men, eleven women. Okay, so I'm gonna do the math. 12 plus 1, that would be 13 uh, men. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, I'm doing the math over here, and uh, 12 women. So after this weekend, we will know uh, 12 women and 13 men that Which are going. about a third of the field, 30 and 32% of the field, and there's three weeks, so it, it makes sense. And, I, and I'm going to oversimplify. Is, is Justin Medeiros competing this week? No. Okay. What, um, what, who were the big point winners from the strength of field that made it so that the men got an extra? It's not. Remember, the strength of field is not dependent on who is in the field. It's how many are in the field. And by the field, I mean the top 100. I, so, But were there some real big point winners? Like, <laughs> no. no. Well, there could be, but it doesn't matter. Like, for example... Uh, Jeff Adler is in this field and Jeff Adler's worldwide ranking is in the top 10. And then there might be someone else in the field. Like, I don't know this for sure, but maybe Griffin Raleigh, whose worldwide ranking is 95. They right. both would count as one vote towards North America East. Oh, okay. So it's Even not, if Griffin Raleigh they don't has add up their thousand points and okay. Jeff Adler has 30,000 points. They still get one vote. Okay. And well, I was acting like I knew what was going on. I clearly don't. No, and we and even in the version that Halpin and I came up with, we didn't allocate points based on the, the caliber of the athlete in the field. In both of those methods, and it's something that you we talked about. In both of those methods, it's just based on the dent the, the depth of field. But I think there is an opportunity going forward to not just account for the total number of athletes represented in each field, but how good they have been his you know historically or over time. That's where I think looking backwards can be helpful. But that's not the focus of this show. No, but it could be. It's always a potential to fall into that uh, cavernous pit. Um, so North America and Africa, any reason why they chose these two to go first? Any, any logic behind it or any, I any think explanation? That, I think that the, the priorities were, one, CrossFit is running three events, so we're going to run those three events on three separate weekends. We're not going to do two on the same weekend. Two, when, where can we get venues? And then you know plug and play from there. And three is uh, distribute one and or two of the uh, non-CrossFit ran events to each weekend. And again, I think that a lot of times it comes down to what's available when, more so than uh, we specifically want Africa and North America East to be the things kicking it off or to go on the same weekend. I, I uh, as uh, our previous president would say, I thought that they did it because they were hooking up the biggest semifinal with one of the shithole semifinals. Uh, so that more attention could be given to the uh, more prestigious one. But it does concern me when we go to week three, because I do want to watch both of them. And I kind of wish they would have moved, uh, separated uh, Europe and um, Asia. What's the island called Europe. No, isn't, isn't, the, isn't the last week Europe and um, the last Australia? week is no last week's Europe and Asia. Okay. Oceania, South America, and North America West are week two. And I would okay, say and they that can't help that two good ones have to go together. There's not enough shithole ones. Yeah, and I mean, based on performance, so, you know, if you're looking at the four that CrossFit is not running or the, the smaller continents that get less um, you know, spots allocated, you would say Oceania is the strongest, South America is the next, then a Asia and Africa. But both Oceania and South America are going in the same week with one of the big three. So there's, I would say, the most density of, of competition in the middle week. But again, sometimes, you know, you, to get the venues needed to do this, we know that CrossFit's not the most timely with some of these things, making these decisions, whatever. I'm, I'm always hopeful that that will change. But I think that it's less to do with who's competing when and more about when can we get the, the spaces that we need to host or run these competitions. Um, um, uh, Corbin 
Bowman. Uh, John Young <clears throat> is my favorite uh, more so than Savon or Brian. That's just fair. I, I understand. Barry McCockiner, who's the lady in the pick with Brian uh, in his story? Oh, yeah. Uh, it was just a – it's my best friend's wife. Oh, she was just wearing some. Uh, <laughs> she was just weird. wearing some uh, Hayes trainer, the strike movement shoe that I like, and uh, they were like the new green version, and I have the old green version on oh, that shit. day. What, so what is going whatever. That's your friend's wife? No, that's Down Pepper. If I had uh, a wife, that might be my wife's friend. This is Be Friendly Fitness, so it's not on this account. Oh well, shit! I'm not. I can't come on, man. I know. Asking you to do two things at once, it's tough. Uh, thank you, Barry, for the dollar uh, $1.99. Um, so uh, North America, Africa, uh, both be both be streamed so that we can watch them? Well, <clears throat> it is. I believe that the, the competition organizers in Africa are intending on having some sort of streaming for their event. What that means is not exactly clear. In the past, anytime there's been these level of CrossFit competitions coming from Africa, they've tried to do that to some degree, whether it's um, uh, on Instagram Live or, or, or on YouTube. So kind of wait and see for that one. And then as far as North America East goes, at this moment, there will be a, a live broadcast for some, but not all of the events. What's your what's your opinion on that, Brian? I know you probably said it on a podcast before, but on not streaming event, not one, one that three. actually people watch. So now that you're on one that people actually watch, uh, say something about it, please. Because I've heard both sides. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa! You, there, there's two sides. There's someone who's like, it's fantastic. They're not streaming events one and three. Well, yeah, I mean, I feel the way you feel, but they'd say that. So there is no other side. There are not two sides. There are not two sides. There's one side. Even the people who aren't streaming it wish that they were streaming it, right? Come on. I mean, I guess the other side would be the explanation of why, but it's not a, it's not a good, it's not like an explanation that anyone's going to consider acceptable. Is this the streaming schedule right here? It's it's. I am pretty impressed that when you type into Google that this pops up. I just put in a 2023 semifinal stream schedule. I didn't even put CrossFit, and here's the and this pops up. This is pretty impressive. Yeah, well, we that looks accurate, and I would consider I would read that as local time. So that would be Eastern Eastern Standard Time. So might subtract three hours for me on everything. Mm-hmm. Okay, and um, something interesting did happen in the interview uh, yesterday with Don Fall on Coffee Pods and Wads with Pedro. Uh, Pedro did ask him, "Why aren't you streaming um, the complete events?" And in in his defense, at the end, he finally said, "Hey, you should probably ask Justin and someone else that Justin Berg." But at one point, he said, "It's because the events are taking place on different floors, and it would be difficult to get the equipment on both floors, or something like that, cost pro- prohibitive." Which would you could then maybe suspect that this is only the first week that they won't be streaming all of those workouts, and that at future events they will be streaming all the workouts if they're all if they all take place on the same floor. We shall I just see. Feel, I just feel like if okay. you're CrossFit, you can work around stuff like that. Like you can find a way to do it. Oh, for sure. Well, just like you can find. How about Wadapalooza just did it on Instagram that year? Right. Like they had Tommy just hold the Instagram camera. That was great. I mean, it was better I mean, than nothing. We, we freaking streamed Wadapalooza. Right. With, with a budget of zero. Right. Right. Um, 
the explanation of why um, we had to cut something. We picked the lowest streaming watch times and the longest workouts. Yeah, it, it, he and he gave some sort of explanation like that too, based on numbers. I did, I wasn't buying any of it. I think it was uh, to be honest. I think that that question was below his pay grade. That, that's not a dig at Pedro. Still a great question. Um, yeah, J uh, John's dog static full floor camera uh, fire Justin. I mean, at, at least do one. At least do one of those. Okay. Uh, th this is exciting, right? This North America. And so here's another, I guess we could piggyback off of this. Here's another reason. And um, I can't remember if it was I, who I heard this from. It may have been talking elite fitness, but this, this is, I think uh, it was, I think Tommy said it. This is a must see this North. If you are a CrossFit fan, this North America region is a must see. It is a must, 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 must see. And the reason why is because this is going to be this could be better than the games even. I mean, th this women's well, field is stacked. Come on, seven of the ten just pipe hitters. Ten what? Uh, seven of the top ten. You have five uh, five of the. Uh, thank well, you. just let's just look backwards. Okay. L last year there were four North American semifinals. The Atlas Games, the top two finishers were Emma Lawson and Paige Powers. They're both in this field. At the Granite Games, the top two finishers were finishers were Mal O'Brien and Amanda Barnhart. They're both in this field. At the MAC, the top finisher was Daniel Brandon. She's in this field. And at Syndicate Crown, the top finisher was Haley Adams. She's not competing this year. The next two finishers were Alexis Raptis and uh, Paige Semenza, both in this field. So of the top eight, top two in each division that are returning of women in North America, seven of the eight are in this field. Sydney McAlishan is out west. That is not including Emma Carey, Emma Carey or Brooke Wells. We're both better than probably seventy percent of the names that you just named. Right. So you're so like yes, the women's field in North America East is insanely strong at the top. That now that but that means two things. That means first of all, and you'll see this when we go to our picks, that it's not such a mystery necessarily who's going to take most of the game spots, but it is an opportunity for us to see a big handful of the top ten athletes, female athletes in the world compete head-to-head -head twice this year right well and, and it's it's a great it, there isn't a better preview for the games there isn't a place to, where more tension will be added where you can get more uh, respect for what you're about to see it go down in madison no it really feels like a like a conference finals in a in a sport like a western conference finals and eastern conference finals as far as for the games <laughs> the North America East and North America West men and women. And let's say something crazy does happen that Mallow, Brian, Daniel, Brandon, or Emma Lawson doesn't go. I mean, they could get hurt. Or, or, or there, um, there's, there's some of these workouts, this, this pirouette workout, there's such precision required that something could happen. And, uh, everybody you just named is like the, one of the best gymnasts. I know. <laughs> I hear you. What if Paige powers doesn't go? Well, so the other, you know, the, if you if you want to talk By the way, about John, it, your picks are fucked up. I'm looking at them right now. They're <laughs> fucked up. Well, they're like the same as Brian's picks, so. <laughs> I am pissed. Brian sent me his list, and I'm like, you just copied mine. It was the exact. Wow. Like, I'll, I'll get him, John. Get him. He did, did. Did Brian copy your list? I made my list first, just so the crowd knows. That's not true. And you think he watched your show on the spin podcast and then just copied your shit copy and paste.
it's not copy and paste, but I will tell you this. I actually didn't didn't watch that show and I didn't open John's picks until after he texted me and said that it was copy and paste. And when I did, I, I looked through it and I realized that in North America East, the top 15, though not in the same order, we have exactly the same 15 women selected. And out of the men, we have 14 of the 15 men selected. And that's what I was saying. I don't think it's so much of a mystery in the East. And I don't think this is going to be true in the West, by the way, next week. But I don't think it's a West mystery. is going to be fine. The West, I bet we are have different opinions in the West. Yeah, well, I mean, almost definitely. But in the East, it's not so much a mystery who is at the top. It's just how they're going to sort themselves out. Yeah. Uh, Jake Chapman, I'm getting Rain Man vibes from Brian when he's talking to someone. Yeah, I always get that. I'm Tom Cruise and he's Dustin Hoffman, I guess. <laughs> um, let me let me ask you guys this. Is there anything uh, – two questions first. If Tia wouldn't have gotten uh, – uh, taken, taken the baby batter, do you think she would be uh, top of the field? Would she be your number one pick? Yeah. So I think she would dominate everybody and it wouldn't be close. Brian? You mean assuming she was never had never been pregnant? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you I mean you still would have to pick her. Yeah. Okay. Is there anything that that any of these girls can do between now and the 2024 season that would make you think Tia can't win? Tia can't come back and win. Is there any right. performance Mal could put on this weekend or in at the games that makes you go, oh shit? It's the I think I mean you, you have to see some like serious domination. You would have to see yeah. an athlete like win five of these seven events, have top three finishes on the other two, win. I mean, and then probably have like ten out of fifteen top five finishes at the games, including five event wins. Like, and then you'd have to see that athlete show up at Rogue, win four of seven events. You know, four out of ten events have all top five finishes, and just be like obliterating the field because that's what we're used to seeing from Tia. And unless someone else is able to show up and do that consistently stage after stage, after stage in and out of season, it's really hard to say that anyone would be able to go toe to toe with her when we've seen her do it, not just year, you know, competition after competition, but year after year. And then you see, you see her say, Oh, now that I've had this baby, I'm more fired up than ever. I'm more focused than ever. I'm more driven than ever. And it's just like, what, what? Like, how could you be more focused than you have been for the past four years? I know. Crazy. Well, she, she'd have that on Matt, you know. <laughs> that puts a, a feather in her cap to be better than Fraser. But Isn't she already? She time. already has six, though, right? Yeah, but this would kind of cement it. I mean, it's pretty hard to argue if she comes back after a baby and oh, still I wins. I agree. I but agree. you do look and you see, like, there, like I, it's, I, don't, I don't, I think I believe her. I mean, look and see. Annie has a baby. She comes back. She competes very well. Kara has a baby. She comes back. She competes very well. We have other women like Camilla Solomonson Hellman this year. She had a baby. She's coming back to compete. We'll see how she does. But I do think that this is, you know, you've talked about it before, Seven Howard. Whatever the circumstances, if you step aside from this sport for a year to two, getting back into the ring and competing, is, is, it, is it realistic? Is it possible? But the one exception seems to be if you're a woman and you have a kid, yes, it is possible. Hey, if she if she does come back and she does win, and, and that gave her seven, I, I I would I would not give someone who won, wins eight make them better than her if they didn't do the same thing. I I I don't know I don't know how you you have a baby and come back and do that pull your shit. I mean, just the psychological implications that she's done so much and that she could just walk away now and chill and come back is nuts. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't. I, like, yeah, <laughs> mo- most it's of, nuts. I, th- I mean, I if anyone, that, I'd love to see Annie win this year, just so we can see a woman do that who's had a baby win. I would love to well, see. That. Not, I mean, look, it's not impossible for Annie to win this year. Like, you know, what, given what she's done over the last two years that she's been competing, like her resume stacks up against most of the women in the field. You know, she's been right there with Laura. She's been right there with you know. So, but, um, you know, for someone like Tia. It's like, well, one of, why are you competing? Are you competing for the money? Not anymore. She's got plenty of money. Are you competing for the legacy? Like your legacy is already about as good as you could ever ask for it to be seven consecutive years for, you know, second, second, eight years and then six first. Like, well, how, you know, so she's competing for something else. Like, and it, it's gotta be the love of the sport. And that is a little bit scary. Well, if uh, anything, she can take it. Like it's almost a new challenge. You know, I just had a baby. Like, I've dominated everybody forever. Um, and now I just had a baby. Watch me come back and do it again because it's not like it's going to be easy. You know, she was so good. She could just show up, and we know she's going to win. She um, probably appreciates the doubt is what you're saying. Like, yeah, she's so many, I mean, it, it probably sucks when everyone expects you're going to win, and now she has a baby, and now we at least get to doubt her a little bit. And that lights a fire under her ass, you're saying? Yeah, I mean, I mean, and I think if Mal dominated the games and say won by two hundred points, that would only fire her up even more because I guarantee people will say like Mal's going to take. If Mal wins by two hundred points, I don't think, I think it'd be half and half. People that think Tia would win or people would think Mal would win. Brian, are the women are the women better than the men? I I know that you think you've thought that the men's field um, is deeper than the women's field, but are the women better than the men? Is it just a better competition? They're just the top, the top 15 women are just better than the top 15 men right now. I I don't even know how to process that question. Okay. Well, let's, let's even throw Tia and Haley back in the mix and and some of the, in, 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 in car Saunders. I mean, the women's field is, I, I have so much more interest in watching the women compete this year than the men. I mean, this list is crazy. I'm looking at that. I'm about to pull up. Yeah, there. You know, <clears throat> I, you know, it's it's. I get, you're confusing me because okay. it's like you mentioned Tia, and when you mentioned Tia, it's like when you have someone like that in the field, or when you don't, then the whole landscape of the competition changes. So with a Tia or a Fraser or a Froning in the field, it's like it feels like this inevitable force, right? You know, and even as good as Justin has been the last two years, he still doesn't feel inevitable like it still feels like there's a chance i mean it, it, it's obviously a bummer ricky's not competing but it feels like there's a chance that roman could beat him right and right. just that chance brings some kind of other like interest level of interest to the competition this year with tia out of the way even though most people think it comes down to two women and a lot of people think it's a foregone conclusion of one that's going to win there still is an element of unknown and there's a deep roster of really talented women and depending on how far down you go, there's also some really, really talented female competitors that have been great in the past that were just, that are big question marks. Katrin Davis, daughter, Sarah Sigmund's daughter, Jamie Simmons, Bethany Shadburn, like w- that we just we don't know. And then there's these up and coming Emma Carey coming, Olivia Kerser throwing her name in the ring. We you know we don't know how good Emma Lawson's going to be. And it's almost every woman that could finish in the top ten that has a question mark. How much improvement has Alexis Raptors yeah. made? Is Amanda yeah. Barnard going to bounce back? It's like, you give me the woman that could be top 10, and I'll tell you, the, there's an unknown. No matter how much you think you know or how much you try to follow this sport, I look top to bottom and I say, I'm excited to see this woman compete because. Like, we know Saxon and Spencer. 
heavyweight contenders in the men's division, but, but not, we don't, uh, we don't know that considering they're some of the lightest athletes, the, 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 Oh, you mean uh, in terms of their weight? Well, we just we've seen them. We have we have shitloads of data points. Like Emma Lawson, like we don't know. Like you said, Emma Carey, we don't know. Paige Powers, we don't know. I mean, there's only we only have we have very few data points. Well, and the data. Well, points- maybe that's why I'm so excited because they're all they, we know they're all going to basically win one event at least at the games. They're going to do something. <clears throat> Unless someone comes along and just elevates to that level that we were talking about, and and just has this dominating performance which is not, it's not out of the realm of possibility. I mean, <clears throat> if the, you know, depending on what the programming is at the games, you know, Laura Horvath could win four events, five events there. Like that's not unrealistic. If you're winning five out of, you know, if you're winning a third of the events, that's like, usually it takes about a thousand points to win. That's 500 points. And there's still 10 remaining events. You only have to average 50 on the others to have enough points to win. It's like. Yeah, but you got to bank for zero on one. I don't know. I don't know. We'll uh, Brian Thompson, do we know if the events will not be streamed, will be shown in their entirety later at least? Uh, he's referring to events one and three, I believe. That's the the machine and pool event, which is one, and then Linda event three. I think that, that question is cost $2 to answer. Okay. And I think the answer is we have no idea. I, if, you, if you read what it says on the – I'll paraphrase what it says on the game site, that there will be post-production um, of it. Uh, which means it sounds like you won't be able to watch it in its uh, entirety. Um, there's a couple things I'd like to bring up. Do we know uh, this is from discussion uh, that these are questions that I've stolen from Brian. Um, uh, do we know the prize purse? We do not. And is, is that odd? Do we care? Is that unfair or is that cool? Or these people have to go anyway? What's the relevancy of that? And why is that? Are they still getting more money? Are they collecting more money? it's it's relevant at the top so like if you uh if it's just like three thousand dollars for first place the top five guys are probably not going to try super hard because they know they're in you know um but it gives them worth something worth fighting for if it's like 20 grand then the winner or second place or third place like those are worth worth selling your soul for where if you're already in and it's just 3k at the top that's it um, why would fifth place try? Why would sixth place try? You know, cause they're, they're in, they just have to do a steady paced workout in the last workout. So I is think that it makes true. Is that true? What he's saying, uh, Brian, I find that hard to believe that someone would be like, okay, I'm not going to try my hardest. I'm already in and the prize money sucks. Well, what's, I mean, what's the goal? What's the goal of this weekend to go to the, to games. the games, go to the games. So, and like, if there's no incentives built in and I don't, I don't know what this looks like in a perfect world. But if there's a tapered prize purse and, you, and it's winning, I mean, if you look at the, a 12-month year of CrossFit and you say, well, where, what are the most difficult competitions to win? You'd say the CrossFit Games, the Rogue Invitational, Wadapalooza, maybe a semifinal and Dubai. Like those are the, those are the big ones. And then you say, like, well, what do you get for winning those? A lot of money, a lot of money, pretty good amount of money, almost no money and a pretty good amount of money. Why is there? Why is one of the five or six biggest competitions of the year have next to nothing as the prize purse? So if, if that suddenly became 25,000, 20,000, 15,000, 10,000, 5,000 for the top five, and every other games qualifier gets 3,000, and you also say, you know, I don't know, that there's a, 
you get an exemption through the open or something. You still have to do the workouts or, you know, what, like there's other incentives you could build in so that when there's storytelling going on, when you're lining up on that last day, that you have some things to play for. You have some things to fight for. Right now, it feels like, I agree with John, it feels like in the men's North America East field, athletes five through eight are basically just forgotten the entire weekend because they're just going to like, I look at someone like, like Noah Olson, like, I don't think he's going to be top three. I don't think he's going to be flirting with the cut line. And therefore there's probably not going to be much to talk about with regards to Noah Olson, unless he wins an event. Okay. Cross Noah Olson off the list. I had him on here. Gone. Okay. And that last event, the last event is made to sell your soul. You know, it's, you have to do the toes to bar unbroken. And then that bag is just a carry. Nobody's going to separate hard on that. The only way you're going to separate is who bikes the hardest. Did you hear that they're going to have to carry the bag um, 60 meters while on the runner? Did you hear that? Did you know that? Yeah, I didn't hear that. No. Yeah. Hey, uh, you think think I'm joking? You You think I'm joking? Do they really have to carry it on the runner? uh, You could expect anything. If that 800 800 meter event number five, they don't, if they don't, if they have the, I hear that they have those guys running that last 800 meters on the runner, they're capable of fucking anything up. I mean, that's just pure idiocy that you're not going to let us watch the guys jockey for position and run around. So I'm, I I don't put anything past them at this point. It's really, really disappointing about event five, if that's true. It does. It, It makes an amazing event like, an event i don't care about right i sad. agree i agree brian brian do you have any feelings on that about uh, last night uh in the comments i think brandstetter said it now says that they're running that last 800 on the runner well that's what it says on the game site if you go to the crossfit games website and you search by semifinals and you go to workouts which by the way it's you know they're making a big deal about calling them tests but they're still labeled as workouts on their website which is like you know Show some consistency. We heard Dave talk about this on his thing a couple of weeks ago. Like there wants to be consistency across the company. There's not right. even consistency within the games team themselves. Right, right. But it says on there anyway, under the workouts tab, that it's 800 meters assault air runner for both. Wouldn't you much rather five. see those? Of course. Those yeah, last, we talk, yeah. yeah, we talked about it. And I told you that if you, if you saw them running around the, the outside of the arena, this would be one of the most dramatic and exciting events in the history of regional slash semifinals. And as a result, it's going to be, you know, like this is what the best case scenario is now that we, that all of the judges are on the same page and with 500 meters to go, they go like this and then they count down from there. So that's the drama we're waiting for. No, no excitement at all. Like it's, it's, instead of speeding up, you can't tell who's slowing down. You can't tell like everybody just looks like they're running fast on the runner. You have no idea until it's over. You know, the drama is somebody catching somebody. Like I would rather them go outside and just do snatches on the concrete and then run a 400 meter down and back than what they're doing. Right, right. Me too. Like you could just walk out 400 meters, put a cone down, and then go. I would it's even. Not, that's not hard to do, and I would rather no. watch that. Me too. I would even watch them do full field shuttle runs more than this. Because I'd like least, to see them forced into a lane together. Yeah, of course that would be the optimal. But I'm saying if we're if we're going for like preferential, at right, least in right. this scenario, if I see John get off the runner ten steps ahead of me, yeah, I can see there's John. I see him, right. and right. then I can decide when to make a move. John will turn around and see me, and the crowd will know. Okay, it's John leading Brian, and then oh my god, in the fourth shuttle, Brian passed him. You know, whatever. Like at least there's some kind of a visual. It, it might get confusing because you won't know who's on what shuttle run eventually, and so it's not as good as obviously the previous scenarios that we talked about. But to me, it's still better than an air runner. 
Uh, Philip Kelly still puzzled that Sevon isn't sending Souza to the West semifinals. I've never sent anyone to any semifinals, any games, and I never will. I've never That's ever. Not true. S- no, I just haven't is. since 2018. Oh, oh semifinals. Yeah, thank true, you, thank true. you, thank you. Yeah, you're right. Not since 2000. The, anyone who goes and wants to um, jump on board and help me out, I appreciate it. I don't ever send anyone. Whose nose is bigger, Dustin Hoffman's or Sevy's? Um, I will get that information for you uh, by tomorrow tonight's frisbee show, if that happens. Um, uh, uh, Eric Wise, uh, Bethany Hamilton was nursing her baby between surf sets on the tour. Uh, I want to see video proof, please. You should pull up, pull up Joe Nell's comment. I think he gave you twenty bucks. I'm looking. I'm scrolling down. I'm scrolling oh. down. Don't get bossy. Don't get bossy. Well, um, okay, here we go. I got twenty dollars and a good comment. Comparatively, across sports, CrossFit is quite lucrative for the women. Thus, driving women to forego other sports opportunities. For males, there's a much greater financial ceiling in more mainstream sports. Wow. That's a, a strong point. No, I agree with that. The no, it's yes, Saquon I agree Barkley, with that. Not no, I agree with that. It's yes, I agree with that. The Saquon Barkley of women is way more um, likely to do CrossFit than something else where Saquon Barkley is not doing CrossFit. <laughs> Who's Saquon Barkley? He's a NFL running back. And he makes a lot I'm money. just talking about like the athlete, athletic freak, you know, in the women and women's world is more likely to do CrossFit than the athletic freak in a man's world. What did he clean? They got a 400 pound. Clean he cleaned. He cleaned 405, no contact, because he doesn't know how to clean because they don't teach football players how to clean. That drives me wild. 405. He could be in the Olympics if he just took up Olympic lifting. I think he'd clean and jerk 500 pounds. I really but the NFL, do. but the NFL pays more. The NFL yeah, pays that's, that's about twenty million dollars more. Yeah. <laughs> so good, good point there by Joe. Uh, and 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 we benefit for, as the fans. We benefit from that. Uh, J- J- thank you, Greg Glassman, for doing that from the beginning. And Dave Castro, Jay Hartle, a good payout can justify not having money for the live stream. What? Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. Uh, some people are doing some algebra here. I like it. Uh, Tyler Watkins from uh, Fitness Fantasy Lawn Lead Lawn Board Leaderboarding uh, uh, .com. Uh, crowd picks from yesterday for highest place finisher: uh, Hopper, Cornway, Saxon. In order, I don't understand so his post. This was a this was a bet that we had. Mm-hmm. Um, I had Hopper beating those two. Tyler had uh, Saxon beating those two, and Brian Spin had Cornway beating the other two. Okay, well, we'll get you. You guys won't have to worry about it anymore. Brian Friend will be speaking very short, shortly. Uh, for those of you who are unable, who will be meditating in a closet all week and won't be able to watch the semifinals, Brian will be uh, dropping bombs. Hey, that's a really insightful thing that guy said about the women. Yeah, mm-hmm. good, and good good guy. <clears throat> I actually did the test six and seven at his gym this last uh, Sunday. He's up in southern Wisconsin. Uh, Cody Wilson, uh, Google himself on find the video. I, I can't. I'm just here by myself today. I'm, I'm, I can't. Okay. Only seven. Yes. Uh, we're going to go over to let's start with uh, the ladies. Uh, these are like uh, Brian said at the beginning of the show, uh, 11. 11 of these ladies will be going uh, to the CrossFit games. And I'm trying to see how far down these picks go. 30. Okay. So half the field, We, uh, you know, it's huge fields of 60. Um, and, I, and obviously, we, we recognize that just making it to a semifinal, anyone, is an incredible accomplishment and achievement. 
Um, but you know, to talk, you know, we're already 40 minutes in and we've talked about zero athletes. So to talk about 60 times two plus Africa seems a little bit uh, excessive. Right, well, I don't, well, Africa will take five minutes. I don't even think we need to go uh, past six. Past six? Uh, do we know the points for a, 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 a do we know <laughs> the points for a do we no, know the and points this is critical system? too. No, and that's critical also. I mean, there's still some people that think it's possible that test four and five are 50 point tests each, which means yeah. we mean we'd have we don't and there's 60 athletes in the field. What does a 50 point test look like? Does someone get zero? Do a bunch of people get zero? Are there duplicate points for for you know different positions on a 60 person field? Uh, if there's a hundred point system, what does that look like? Is it going to be a 200 point, hundred point system where they just give more points and have bigger gaps? There's a ton of questions in that regard. And I think that in the case of qualifying for the CrossFit games, the scoring system will matter a lot. And we'll talk, I think we'll talk more about that on the men's side than the women's side. Why not I, tell us the scoring system? Is this dramatic? Oh, Does insane. this add it's to insane. it? What it it is insane? Like it's why, insane. why not just tell there's us? No scoring system. There's no prize purses. We don't know what the movement standards are. It's a, it, it, and we don't know what the broadcast schedule is for certain events. I mean, it's like we want people are getting excited about this, but the, all these unknowns, all these mishaps, all these mistakes, all these confusings, withholding information that only enhances the experience for people. It's not helping. It's not helping. Uh, t- tell me this. Uh, uh, can, well, before before we go to this, because it's a great question. Um, can can you play devil's advocate for me and tell me why? Like, hey, we're not doing the prize purses because it's going to be so exciting when we announce them. We're not telling you the point scoring system because it's going to be the okay. Like, if the if the prize purse is super exciting for people, yeah. then you should probably announce it on the back end of telling us you're not going to be streaming all the events. It's like you got to give the bad but give the good so that people oh see right that too. right. The fact right. that you already disappointed everyone, athletes, coaches, fans, spectators, family members, boxes all over the country and the world are disappointed that they're not going to be able to see these athletes do a one third of the test. And you also haven't told us a prize purse. It's, it's very concerning because if I had some news, news that I knew was going to disappoint everyone. And I also had some news that I knew everyone was going to be excited and happy to hear. I would try to offset one with the other. Uh, this is uh, uh, breaking news on the seven podcast. Um, there's already a heat schedule that says uh, there will, they will have six heats uh, for event seven. He's piggybacking that. Off of Tyler Watkins' comment, um, I'm feeling cuts. I have seen yeah. there are not cuts, but I also don't think there are going to be. I don't think there are going to be either. Okay. And I think I think they're going to be 100 points. I don't think they're going to be 50. This is just speculation. But the shoulder-to-overhead uh, run event at the games last year was 100 points for both of those. And I, it's kind of similar to that a little bit. Uh, is there a point to not broadcasting the events? No, that, I think it's just financial. I think it's just pretty simple math. I think it's just a, a combination of finance and planning, right? And ego. Is it? Is that fair? Finance, planning, and ego? Uh, okay. Okay, here we go. Uh, oh, I almost, I, we almost started the show. We're 42 minutes in. We almost actually got to the, the point of the show. We're close. I think we enti- share entire screen. Go over here. And uh, so these are the uh, North American picks. On the left, you have Brian Friend. On the right, you have John Young. Uh, last names will not be used to protect their identity. Uh, number one, Mal O'Brien. Easy, right? Easy day? Theoretically, easy day? I think she'll be comfortable. Brian? Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it, 
Oh, it's, I just realized that uh, I used her full name. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, there's no reason not to expect her to do very well. You look at the tests and it seems like things that, uh, I mean, she's been pretty good at pretty much everything we've seen from her the last 18 months. And I'd expect this to be no different. You know what I think the best thing that could happen to the CrossFit Games is if Danielle Brandon won the CrossFit Games. I think that would be huge for the CrossFit Games. Huge. I think that would devastate Mal O'Brien. Uh, I, I probably would devastate a lot of people, but dude, it would be fucking amazing. Well, it's I mean, like when you get these track Danielle. and field runners. Say that again, Brian. I was going to say, like, you know, here's the thing about Danielle. If you think about the last two years, two years ago at the Games was like the worst case scenario. Everything just was kind of uh, unfortunate and whatever. And, and she still did pretty well. And uh, it seemed like everything was stacked against her. Last year at the Games, one, one month before, she obviously has some kind of turmoil in her life where she moves across the country, trains, train, trains this coach, training environment, et cetera. She does pretty, you know, very well considering that finishes fourth, but fourth place just never gets that much attention. You know, it's just like great job, but we're going to focus on the top three. And then this year you come in and you say, okay, well, Tia's out, you know, Annie's back, but Daniel's like, she's right there. Like podium is very, very realistic. And if you start thinking about, well, what's preventing her from making it onto the podium, it's not that obvious. You could say top end strength, but also realize that she finished fourth at the games last year, basically being unable to squat for an entire year. Oh. If she's been able to squat for either ha even half of this season at a, at a mar you know, moderately heavy loads, you, you know, you, everyone who know, does this stuff knows that that inherently is going to have an impact on your strength numbers across the board. And if she's improved there, the field's gotten weaker. She's gotten better. She's had more stability in her life everything seems to be pointing up for her and there's not a lot of places to go from fourth to up, especially. And if you take one out, then that's as good as third of the returning athletes. I mean, she's, she's not out of the conversation of, of having the chance to win this thing. What do you think? Um, what do you think? Uh, why we don't put her higher? Do you think that there's kind of an unknown element to her? Like um, it, it, almost like you don't trust her training. Cause like there's some wild card piece to her. Yeah, and, you know... You know what I mean? Just her personality, how, how she is emotionally, how she presents herself. Like, you're not sure. Like, this is so stupid to say, but I'm going to say it. Like, you're not sure if she, instead of doing that second workout, if she's not at the beach, beer uh, bonging. Uh, no, I don't, I don't not think Not that there's like any that. evidence of that, but she just seems a little wild. No, I think about her similarly to Ricky Garrard in this fashion, which is like, you just got to let them be who they are. They're going to show up to the gym and work hard. And they're going to go and do the things in their life that they like to do. And I think absent that balance, neither one of them is as good as they can be. So if you're, you know, in her camp, coaching her, whatever, a fan of hers, and she's doing these things, that's just part of who she is. I don't think she's making irresponsible decisions, but she likes to have fun. She likes to, you know, her, 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 I guess her personality seems unfamiliar to the caricature that, that we want to hold of this crazy, hyper-disciplined, borderline, autistic, you know, Kobe Bryant-type athlete. Yeah, I mean, you, you read... I'd agree what, with that. Yeah, you, you read what Matt Fraser has written about his level of focus. You know, you know, the, the discipline that he's instilled in someone like Mal O'Brien, who's a big competitor of hers. You see how consistent Tia has been in her entire career and every basically facet of her life. And you just... Yeah, like that's what we have come to know, but it doesn't mean that the quote unquote antithesis of that can't be successful. She has the physical attributes. 
I think one thing that's potentially like off-putting for people when you're talking about a games champion or a potential games champion is her performance in off-season competitions. And granted, we know that her strength has been lacking because of uh, you know some things she hasn't been able to do in training. But she showed up to Rogue the last two years, and she's finished 11th and 9th. And that's not that; those aren't finishes in that competition that reflects uh, what someone would view as a games champion. A games champion, what we're used to is that they show up to every competition and they dominate. Oh shit! I didn't even think about this. Uh, I, 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 before we before we get to this, Brooke doing a one rep snatch. Um, Going back to what Brian was saying before, for those of you who don't know, a quick recap. Basically, uh, Danielle Brandon was training with Bethany uh, Shadburn and Carrie Pierce. They went to go get tested for that uh, ridiculous cold that was going around, and Bethany and Carrie tested positive for it. And so because Danielle was in the car that year right prior to the games, they didn't let her compete at the games with the rest of the athletes necessarily. They gave her her own lane. They had a doctor chaperone her around. She had to put on a fucking diaper on her face. So it was a fucked up a situation for uh, emotionally. She was, she was separated from the pack. Then the following year, a month before uh, the games, she had a fallout with underdogs athletics. It was a very uh, uh, public uh, fallout uh, causing more emotional and, uh, you know, turmoil and more noise in her life. And then now we hear, and then, and then she had the uh, injury, which we saw manifest at rogue uh, invitational where she wasn't able to squat. She dropped the bar. And now it, it seems like all the shit's put together. Right. And she's training with some really uh, phenomenal athletes um, in her uh, camp. Uh, for example, down pepper, Emma Carey, James Sprague, uh, who, who else over there? Fisa Gaffi, Nate Ackerman. Yeah. I mean, strong, strong group down there. Yeah. Okay. G great. And, and and I stand by that. It'd be the greatest thing that uh, ever happened for the sport if she were to win. Okay. Um. Uh. Then John has Emma Lawson. Uh, the greatest thing since Rich Froome. Thank you. Uh, I know. I know what you meant. Thank you. Uh, Emma Lawson, a bold, uh, bold but fun pick, uh, John. Yeah. Right? I mean, I I think she's a monster coming. I think um everybody's all on the Mal O'Brien train and and they forget about. Emma Lawson, we didn't know who Emma Lawson was till last year. And she shocked everybody. And I didn't – what impressed me the most about Emma is how she did it at Rogue because Rogue is a strength-biased competition, and, and she killed it. I thought she did great at Rogue. Um, and I, I, everything that Brian said about Danielle Brandon, like everything is pointing up for her. I feel that way about Emma Lawson, and she's – how old is she, Brian? 17? 18? Mm-hmm. And I think uh I think she'll improve. He can't he can't give out two ages and you say, uh-huh. Well, on the game site, it only lists their age. <laughs> yeah, games, Brian. And I don't know when her birthday is. Yes, yes. Sevy, shut Get the it. fuck up. Go. But sorry, John, go ahead. I know. Like, if it says, if it says 20, she's in high school. 20, if it says 24. That means they're going to be 24 by the time the games come around is what I understand. So I don't know. It doesn't update on the day of their birth. You know, uh, this, is not, this is not true. I would not let Daniel Brandon peg me. No, no one uh, would ever. I don't, I wouldn't peg myself. Uh, Daniel Garrity sounds like you're arguing your limitations and I want to apologize for that. Okay. Back to Emma Lawson. Go ahead, John. Regardless, like uh, she finished, what did she finish? Fifth, Brian, the games. Sixth. Sixth. That's exactly where Mal O'Brien finished her first year. It was no, Mal sixth was or seventh. Mal was seventh. Emma was sixth. If you look at off-season competitions like John's talking about, Mal's first year at Rogue, eighth. Emma's third. That's 
Third wow. place at Rogue wow. when wow. strength was the thing we had a question about for her because she she doesn't look very big. Like, wow. you know, that thick trunk body. She don't have it. She's got a gymnast body. Um, third in Rogue. Yeah, wait, wait, who? Yeah, what, what were you saying about Emma Lawson's body? Yeah, she, she's got that Bailey Rail body she, as opposed to uh, Mal O'Brien got the Josh Bridges body, right? She, or the yeah. Tia, or more the Tia yeah. body. It looks like more yeah. like an action figure. Emma still, it looks like she's her body's still immature in a way. Yes, 100%. And you get what I'm saying. Like, but so like heavy, heavy stuff, hot object stuff you think she'd have a problem with, but she's actually really good at that stuff. She's very, very strong. And I just think. The sky is the limit for her. She is on a trajectory that is better than Mal O'Brien, but we are not talking about her the way we talk about Mal O'Brien. No, and no kinks in her in her uh, emotional, intellectual uh, the armor either, right? That we've seen her game face at events is like, yeah, none that we've on. seen so far. Um, and I think the uh, sky is the limit. And I mean, I don't think she'll give Mal a run this year, but I do think. She's a monster coming that people don't realize. Well, the, I mean, the, the problem for her, it's, and it's not her fault at all, is that Mal, and, Mal came first. So she did these things qualifying, you know, and Emma Carey too. They've already qualified for the games. They've already top 10 at the Mal's already top 10 at the games. Mal's already podiumed at the game. So at the same age, if Emma is doing those things, she's just slightly in the shadow of her. So, in, and it's, it's, a good point that John brings up. We're waiting for her to outperform her at something because once she eclipses the accomplishment of her, then she emerges from that shadow and creates her own story. The, the one thing she's done so far is had a better finish at Rogue. Mal didn't compete at Rogue this year. Uh, we don't know how she would have done, obviously. Um, but if she... If By she choice, beats, she didn't compete, correct? It's not that yeah. she was injured. Okay. If she if she beats her at the, at the semifinal... Or she out, I mean, well, or she wins the games. Like, that's all that she can do to outperform what Mal has already done. What was the prize money at uh, Rogue for first place? A couple hundred thousand, 220 something thousand. It's not a fixed number because it's, it's variable based on uh, ticket sales and a few other things. Um, imagine, imagine being so good that you're almost for sure to win the event. And the prize purse is two hundred twenty thousand dollars, and you'd get a shitload of camera time, but you don't go. Yeah, I, I, has anyone asked her about that? Do any of the shows that she's willing to go on ask her about that? I need to know the answer to that. I Are think you so I think she's rich. Is your training so important? What did she say? She just said she's focused on the big picture, and obviously yeah, competitions more. are not a part of that. I need more. Uh, Sevon, your hair is uh, on fire. Thank you. I only care if you have a vagina. Um. Uh, going back to Rogue Invitational, uh, tickets are now on sale. You can go to the Rogue website. Uh, the 2023 Rogue Invitational will be October 27th to October 29th. Uh, an incredible event. I, it looks like it's still in Ox uh, Oxen. Austin, Texas again at the Dell Diamond. It's three days of competition. Uh, Brian Young. Uh, Brian Young. Brian Friend will be there um, signing B-Friendly shirts. And... Uh, we will be covering that with exclusive access. That's a lie. Both of those last two things are a lie. I don't know. It's wishful thinking. Uh, so you guys have the same people. Going to Brooke Wells, I think it was Halpin said something. This is going to be fun, right? Because Brooke Wells injured herself in a dramatic injury doing a max snatch, and now we're going to get to see that uh, this weekend, her, her, her revisit that workout. Yep, it will be exciting. 
I mean, this workout in general, it's, you know, it's, it's, a, I, I actually had some fun doing it, but I was thinking, I, you know, I'm not doing it with the same level of intensity that these athletes will be taking on this test. And basically you're in the middle of a competition. You've already done some pretty demanding stuff. You have to, you know, it's just customary at these things that you stand around for 10 to 20 minutes, not really able to do anything at all before starting this, this back-to-back event where you're asking them to do the most technical lift under fatigue in a time pressure environment for weight, for weight or load. And then you're asking them to sprint against each other with a lot of, a lot on the line on an air runner. It seems to me like if there was going to be a problem, you know, it would be in one of these two, uh, in terms of like a risk for injury, it would be in one of these two things. I don't know where Brooke Wells is at mentally when it comes to snatching, but I think that overall she's good enough that it's not worth, if, if there's any doubt, it's not worth risking on the snatch. Just snatch what you know you can snatch and move on. You're going to be good enough on everything else anyway with 11 spots available. If you're only five spots available, then it's a little bit of a different story. Is she freaking out, John, when she goes up there? Is she going to freak out a little bit? No, I agree Brian. You're going to have time. You're going to have time for two lifts, maybe three. Um, that first lift is not going to be anything you're worried about. The second lift probably shouldn't either. And then the third lift is kind of like a go for it at the last second. Um, her first lift will be good enough for her to be to make the games. Like Brian said, she's she's one of the ones where she knows she's probably going to make it. This is not an event for her to go for it. Right. So, I mean, I, and if she does, then obviously she has all the confidence in the world, but um, yeah. I mean, does I, she have any crazy screw in there or anything like that or some sort of uh, plate in there that makes it so that it, it can't happen again? Does anyone know about the details of her surgery? I do. Not. I don't. I don't know. But I do know there is an Olympic lifter that the same thing happened, and he came back in one year and snatched a world record. So it's not like you're, you know, destroyed. He came back and snatched more than he had before, and that was a year later, and he had the exact same thing happen to him that happened to Brooke. Uh, I want to go talk about because uh, we're gonna have to switch to the boys soon. Uh, Amanda Barnhart. How, how many years has she been competing? Competing, it's about six now, maybe. 2017 was the first year. Has she crossed over the halfway point of her career? Um, Probably. I think. Has she seen her best days? God, it would be nice to see her get. Has she ever been on the podium? What's the closest she's been to the podium at the games? She's she's had three top ten finishes. Two of them were in kind of unusual years. Seventh in both 2019 and 2020. Ninth in 2021. So I would say that 2021 performance is probably like her best ever performance in a in a traditional games setting she had a little bit of regression last year i don't think top five is reasonable but i do think six through ten is is very reasonable again for her uh no, no, just, any any chance she could have just had some massive improvements over there this is her first year with hwpo i don't mind an athlete like her making a change like that you know i think that it's it's i think there are people who jump ship too early like they don't really give a full breadth of opportunity where they're at um but for her you know if you look at her performances from 2018 until last year everything is between 7th and 16th place um or 15th place 
So she's, it's like this kind of stagnation. She's obviously looking to improve on that. She's hitched her horse, you know, her cart this year to a, someone who she thinks or a team that she thinks can maybe help move the needle in the small way that's necessary to make that jump. That's hard to do at the top of the leaderboard. And I'm excited to see whether anything comes of it or not. You know, if she, if she, if she gets back into the top 10, that's a positive year. If she breaks into the top six, then it, it looks like a genius move. And if she finishes, you know, 14th or 15th again, it's still respectable. It's still good. It's still adding to a, uh, an impressive career resume that she's putting together. And if the, and even if that's the case, I would say give it one more year with them and let's see what happens instead of making another change. Event two will be really telling with her. Well, what's Actually. event two? It's the ring muscle up with the rock um, complex oh. pistol burpee one. Do do those girls over there know who who's the best and by how far? Uh, uh, Mal, Katrin, uh, Amanda. Are there are there any more besides those three? Um, Sammy. <laughs> uh, I think that I think like they know they all sit in different places. Like they know Mal's at the top, Amanda's in the middle, and Katrin's at the bottom. Do they yeah. know that? I mean, yeah. you you know the people you work out with, you know you know who's better. I mean, there might be a workout where Katrin's like, Katrin might get Mal on this one. It's got a lot of handstand walking, right? Stuff like that. I mean, lifting Amanda's probably still the best one. But I mean, you you know. The people you work out with, you definitely know who is the best one, who's second, who's who's who in the zoo. Uh, no offense to uh, Emma Carey, uh, Alexis Raptus, uh, Paige Powers, and, and others we missed, but we're going to go down here to the uh, dancing line, the cut line. Uh, Carolyn Prevo, Annika Greer, Paige Zemenza, Fee Sagafi, Shelby Neal, um, uh, Sydney Wells. Uh, so so you guys and, uh, and Fee Sagafi. Oh, wow. I would okay. say down to Caroline Stanley in 15. So if you look at 9 through 15, we, we, all, we have the same top eight, just in different mm-hmm. order. And then nine through fifteen, we have the same, but also in a different order. Okay, Brian, why why do you hate Shelby Neal? I don't. I love Shelby <laughs> Neal. I mean, oh, we've talked about Shelby Neal a few times over the last year. Shelby was basically a you know a legless rope climb aw- event away from making the games last year. She was extremely good on everything else. Uh, I wasn't sure what her the last 12 months would look like for her with some of the other things she has going on in her life. But she's, if you've been following her on Instagram, she's focused and committed. And I think she is 100% in the comp- in the conversation to um, take a game spot. I think that ninth is a very, a bold, is a little bit of a bold pick, but I, I don't think it's impossible. Um, it's tough. Like, you know, I, I think right on that cut line there, you got a lot of women that, and then the margin's going to be small. I would expect spots 10 through, 10 through 13 or so to be separated by 50 points or less. And in some cases, you know, it might come down to one placement in one event that keeps someone in or someone out. I, like I said, I think Shelby can do it for sure, but it's not, it's not going to be easy. There's a lot of talented women right at the cut line. I recognize this girl. Yeah. So she was second in the semis, uh, or sanctionals. I guess it was a sanctional. Then she was second place until the last event, which was 10 legless rope climbs. And like Brian said, it was like uh Katrin fail in 2014. Um, it was traumatic. Like she just couldn't get up the last yeah. rope. Yeah. And that's why she didn't make it. And she was second place killing everybody. Um, and then, um, and then that event happened and she didn't make it. 
God, it'd be cool. The more the more redheads, the better in the games. Oh, who's her coach? What's it? Does it say anything at the top there? Um, the profile. There's a guy. Benji's her personal therapist. Uh, let's see. Let's see if we have it over here. CF Games regional semifinals. Love traveling. Is it on the dock, Brian? I'm looking. Is she? Is she? Is she? Is she? Uh, U.S. or Canadian? You know. She's from the U.S. God, so many, so many cool, like happy pictures of her. Yeah, and she's an awesome person. I mean, you know her. Uh, she's competed. Uh, yeah, I, I know her. I, I met her last year. Um, and, and where's this? And how'd she do? Is this Wadapalooza this year? I think I think Whitney Galen might be her coach, former games athlete herself. What was it, that last question? Uh, what's this? Ups and downs, highs and lows. Is this uh, this is at Wadapalooza this year? Uh, two, uh, last year, July, uh, January, 2022. All right. All right. Cool. Uh, So she, so you, so you think she has a legit chance? Yeah. I mean, John, I do. The fact that John ranks her ninth is not like that surprising to me. Like she, that's realistic. Um, I think the Linda workout, uh, like is going to be really, really good for her. With the dumbbells. I think that Linda workout's going to be a, a heartbreaker for people and it's going to make other people in the women's. Yeah, kind of the, the, like, she, the test six is a really interesting test because I think pretty much everything in that test that's relevant, she's really good at, except for the legless. And, and, like, and, there, and there are only four. So it's like if she, if she has shored up that even a little bit then that should be fine but if for whatever reason those get in the way then it kind of negates and even if they slow her down a little bit it takes away from a workout that she otherwise like a couple movements in that workout that she otherwise could have had a really really high finish on so i think a lot to be determined in that workout for her in terms of her ultimate fate this weekend uh stephanie uh chung all the way down here at uh 28th on on uh john's list isn't she a former games athlete yeah, mm-hmm. she's uh she's working full time. She's training. I think she's an interesting athlete to watch for sure. Um, I'm guessing that he's putting her up there just kind of based on experience and you know doing it before. Uh, Ryan doesn't have her at all. Well, I mean, I don't I don't have her in the top thirty. No, but is this Daniel uh, uh, D- Daniel Paran? Where where have we seen her? Was she at Zealous? Where, how do I know that? Uh, Dubai. She Dubai. had a couple top finishes there and the mostly on the lifting events and power output events. And she is, I think, unless there's someone I don't know about, I think she's probably the likely to win event four against this group of women. Oh, no shit. And yet you have her down here at 20th. That's well, one test out of seven. All right. Uh, all right. Uh, any, anyone specific here before we move over to the boys that you guys want to, uh, yeah, just just at the, like at the cut line, I just think it's really like important for people to to realize this. You have athletes like Paige Semenza and Carolyn Prevo, who have proven that they've been able to do it over over and over again in their career. And it's you know this is this is where this we're gonna have this conversation with the men. We're gonna have in this uh, semifinal and throughout all three weeks. I'm really excited to see how these veterans hold up when you have. Uh, potential games rookies coming like Fisa Gaffey, Shelby Neal, Annika Greer, Sydney Wells. Like these are women that are big time threats, but there's just something about this sport. Like until you've done it, 
until you've actually qualified for the CrossFit Games through a live qualifier. It's like it's like breaking through this, the, the wall. Like you can see through the wall, but you can't get through the wall. And so I, I think that one of those, uh, excuse me, spin. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but anyway, I think that one of those athletes is going, you know, is going to have kind of a breakout performance. And uh, yes, Fee is qualified in 20, 2019. I'm talking about, I, I, know she, I, know she probably, I don't know if she qualified in the, how she qualified that year, but I'm talking about qualifying through the path that we're. That she we knew someone, now. she paid someone. Whatever. I don't, I, I recognize them as games athletes from 2019 and 2020, but it doesn't hold the same weight to me. I'm sorry. And I, and I don't mean that personally to any athlete who that affects, but it's, a, it's just different. It's just um, 2019. And when you look at the last two years, she's in this group of athletes that have been close, but not able to qualify through this, you know, live qualifying semifinal format that we, I, I think that people love and that that's what I'm talking about is doing that is something that these women haven't done yet. I think one or two of them will. I'm just not sure which ones. And it will be at the expense of a couple women who have. Uh, Jake Catman, uh, all the way from Europe with a astute observation. Brian has the hairline of a barn. <laughs> a barn owl. They got someone. He looks like an owl. Jake Chapman just turned Brian into the wise owl. Uh, we should change the set of your podcast so it looks like you're sitting in the window of a tree. That would be amazing. Should I put some glasses on? Yeah, it, it, it's like, yeah, and a beak. God, that's amazing. Beak. <laughs> God, that is fantastic. Okay. Um, uh, Paige Powers. Of, uh, my, I would love to see Paige win this, just from my own bias. Well, uh, you won't I, get I, to because it's not on live stream, so... Uh, well, no, I, well, that too. I don't mean event three. I'd like to see Paige win the whole. I'd like to see Paige like. I'd like to see Paige sit on top of the whole the whole heap. I, I'm I'm a huge uh, Paige Powers fan, and and then I'd like to see Daniel Brandon win the games. I think that's a. Uh, I think that's good for everyone. And and if you've never been on this podcast or don't come on this podcast, I I hope you get sick on the way to the games and get stuck in the bathroom at the airport. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Okay, the boys. Uh, here we go. Um, great, great, uh, great lineup for the boys. The, the boy, what's interesting, the women don't really have any old dogs, but there's old dogs in the, in the boys, uh, lineup, yeah. right? I, mean, I would say there's like two, uh, is, would you can Caron, would you consider him a kind of like, he's, he's like one of those sharks that's like got all those no, scars I would say... on it. Noah Olsen is old. I mean, there's some old dogs in here for me. It's more like. The, the age is not necessarily Yo, the fact. Yo has like been to the pound a few times and been rescued. He's almost been youth and Will Morad. He's a fucking dinosaur, dude. Yeah, he is. He is an old dog for sure. And I'd say no Olsen also. Vigno maybe also in that category, but uh, yeah, they've been around uh, longer. But age wise, it's 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 really Will then Noah and then everyone else isn't quite as separate as you think. Obviously, there's some young guys. Um, in particular, Dallin and Jason, but there's a lot of guys kind of grouped in that 26 to 30 range. Uh, let me ask you this. These, these let's, so uh, I'm going to just read Brian's list. Sorry, John, real quick here though. Jeffrey Adler, Roman, Jason Hopper, Dallin Pepper, Samuel Cornway, Saxon Panchik, Noah Olson, Alexander Carone, Tyler Christopher, Spencer Panchik, and Alex Vigneault. Or we'll do Will Morad too. We'll do Jake Berman, James Brake. We'll do all the 14. Of those guys, which one is in his peak? I don't mean who's going to win. 
who's at the peak of their career. Like for me, it's like just obvious. Jeff and Roman. Yeah, for me, it's Jeffrey Adler. Like he's like, this guy's going to show up and it's never going to get better. This is it. Brian? Oh, I mean, he could get better, but I think Jeff and Roman are both in their peak. I Like if your career is this, an A-frame, Look at even Elise, Elise Carr Redow knows. Look at even even she knows. Yeah, it's Adler. Yeah, yeah, everyone. How long? Uh, does no, I think I don't think Roman's long? at his. I think Roman's past his peak. I think Roman, just a little bit. He's just he's crested the mountain just a smidgey. Just How a long smidgey. is the is the mountain top? Same with Gerard. I think Ricky. I think Ricky's crested his mountain too. I think Ricky crested. Well, he had a bit of a dip in his mountain, so it's like <laughs> you know, uh, Brian. Who, who's who's at the peak of their career in those 14? Give it up, buddy. Give it up. I mean, John's question is good. Like, does a peak last for a season? Does it last for a competition? Can it last for three years? Let's I say think, season. I think that – I think this is Jeff Adler's best chance to make the podium this year, and so he would be my answer. Podium? I mean, if he won, you wouldn't be – you wouldn't – you're not – you wouldn't the be cross surprised. cross the games? Yeah, yeah. I would – yeah, I would think I would that be that's thoroughly surprised I would if say he won this the cross is, the games. Yeah, but I would, would say this is probably the best chance that he'll have to win it. Yeah, I agree. I would be surprised if he did. So I, I have Jeff ahead of Roman because of the because of the workouts. In the CrossFit games, I still think Roman will be ahead of Jeff almost comfortably. Uh, Ian Adams, Roman looks like he's 42. Hey, and and I could be wrong. I I, I who knows about okay. I I I, I, I okay. Let's let's pick who who is Saxon uh, uh, ahead of his prime or is his prime still ahead of him? Um, or is he crest crest? I mean, Saxon is just super gonna... interesting case. He's in the age range that you usually would expect peak performance. Twenty six to twenty eight. He's he's twenty seven this year. Um, he had a regression last year. I am speculate I'm, I'm curious and speculating about him this year as maybe having a resurgence and a return to kind of what we are used to seeing with the you know me a sixth through ninth place games finish i'm i think that last year he had some big changes in his life family l- moving whatever um sometimes those things don't affect people sometimes they do it feels to me based on the conversations i've had the things i've seen i got to see him train for a day um in nashville down there that he's in a good flow lifestyle wise and that he's got the amount of focus that he needs and wants with his training and a balance with life that he enjoys outside of the gym as well. Uh, obviously he has a, you know, the get like the physical attributes to get the job done. So I don't know that we'll see like last year, he looked so good at semifinals, like almost too good. Like it was like easy for him to win. And then he had, who a was he against? Like, yeah. And then he had a regression at the games. This is the best semifinal field that he's gone against. He's won both of the last two years. So, you know, some people are expecting, oh, this guy, all he does is yeah, win that's crazy, right? win again. But he hasn't gone against guys. He hasn't been seated or, or distributed, however they did it, against some of the men of this caliber, um, which are game potential games champion in Roman, potential podium in Adler, guys who, you know, are consistently excellent everywhere they go over the last year or two. So I think that we'll see kind of, like I talked about with Noah earlier, this like middle performance, five, six, seven, eight, somewhere in there, basically event after event after event, nothing really bad, maybe one great event, and he'll just go to the games. And this year at the games, I think is going to be kind of a defining moment for what the rest of his career looks like. Saxon. Yeah. It's crazy that he's won two, the last two. It's impressive. 
Yeah, I think like Saxon, I said, it's hard to win these. These are some of the most difficult. But this year, especially, the fields are more consolidated. They're denser. And winning this is different than winning one last year. What were you going to say, John? Sorry. I think if you put if you put Saxon in a games field, I think he's destined for 10 years of fifth through seventh place. Um, and I think this is a games field. It's a it's a the top 10 are all people that would be in the games. Probably top 50, 20. If a full games field, the top 10 in this in this particular region, I think will all make the top 20 in the games. I don't think so. Um, all the way down to Christopher. I think Spencer no. can make top 20. I don't even think Caron will. The, the, the West and Europe have. He's, I, he's I, beneath have for me. Well, we'll see. Uh, oh, Caron Jason, is eight J- for you. J- Jason Hopper, uh, nowhere near his peak, right? Uh, do we, if he stays injury free, we uh, Hopper could hit his peak in another couple of years, right? Yeah, I mean, he's the, like he's he's only you know he's kind of when you were talking about their ages, Adler twenty nine, Roman twenty eight, Cornway twenty seven, Saxon twenty seven, Spencer twenty seven. There's a few guys in their thirties. Vigneault's thirty one, thirty three for Christoffel, thirty four for Morad, thirty two for Noah, and then you have Jason. He's twenty five. So he's not like that much younger than that first group of athletes that I listed. He's only a year or two. But in terms of his experience with CrossFit, so his competitive age in the sport, it's different. And I think he's still learning things and refining things. I think he's in a really good environment for him in that regard, where he's embracing what's being taught by one of the by the best that's ever done it in terms of maximizing potential. It's interesting because when you think about Fraser coaching Mal, you see a lot of similarities just from like biomechanically. When you think about Fraser coaching Hopper, they're totally different. Like Jason's nearly a foot taller than him, you know? And so the, like the nuances that are, that he needs to apply with that big body type compared to what Fraser needs to apply. It's interesting to think about what might've been helpful for Fraser that has to be a little bit different for Hopper. So I think that they've been working together for a consistent enough time now that he's, we're going to seek a, a better version of Jason than we've ever seen before. But I, I'm agree with you, seven. I don't think it's the ultimate version of him that we can see. You know, when I, when Josh was on last night um, replacing you guys, one of the topics that came up was uh, that we couldn't think of any greats that um, ever trained in a camp. Not one. Well, that's kind of strange. That's, that's kind of weird to say. Like, what, what would you say about Rich? Because uh, well, when you run the camp, uh, it's not a camp. Those are your training partners. Okay. Well, there's a part of the DECA, DECA camp. Yeah, really? Well, but here's the thing. He, yeah, he trains by himself. He has man. had the same coach and coaching Carousel Deca for a long time, but he trains alone. Rich has always had training partners. Do I get, you, you know, uh, so I would say Rich, however you want to define it, is is the critical factor there. But I would say, I mean, how could you not say that Mayhem is a camp? Think about the people that are training there. I'm week. not saying that Mayhem's not a camp. I'm saying that when you're the guy who runs the camp, it's not a camp for you. Like, okay, Katrin, Katrin was in a camp. So what I would, would you say. say when Tia and Matt were training together with Shane as their coach? A different one. It's a man and a woman. And 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 you're, was, you're just making a bunch of rules to make your claim sound good. Okay, well I, maybe I am, but but they're they're I think they're valid claims. And Katrin's uh, a part of comp train uh, back when she was great. Right. And, and then Matt quickly left. And, and that's what I'm saying. Besides Katrin, I can't think. Same with Annie. You could say Annie trained in a camp, but it was her camp. No, it was Yanni's would you, camp. Would, would, you, would you say that Medeiros and, – and, and, and Annie didn't want anyone training, Yami coaching other people, as I recall. And would you say Medeiros is in a camp? I would not. Um, I mean, no. I think you I could – 
I think you can manipulate every environment to satisfy or dissatisfy the claim that you just made. I think it's Daniel a, Brandon and Emma Carey. I think Daniel Brandon and Emma Carey uh, and uh, Down Pepper are clearly in a camp. I think training think tank with Noah and Travis and and Alexis Raptus and and you know, I, I don't know. I think when you have more than one male in a camp, um, what uh, what is what is considered to be great, to be a great. Just, just the guys, the, that, the, 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 win, no, the winners. No, uh, yeah, he's. But, but I'm talking about more at the very top. I just think you're better off. I think that we've seen better success and the most success from people who are more in control of their own personal destiny. Anyway, we're maybe different. But maybe show. those are just also the people that can afford to have that because because of how good that they are. Their ceiling is. It's a. I mean, it's a fun conversation. And if you just if you just look at the champions. And you, you know, we'll start with 2010. You say Graham Holmberg. Now he's, he's, he's owned his own gym. He's running the show. Rich owned the own gym, running the ben, show. Ben, ben Smith. Smith owns his own gym, running the show. Justin Medeiros or Matt Fraser, not, the, you know, not owning his own gym, but, you know, kind of, I mean, hey, he's kind of. And, and even if you listen, even if you listen to the relationship between um, uh, Neifer and uh, Medeiros, Neifer's pretty hands off. I mean, yeah, that's that. I mean, I know that you, we've spoken to them. People have highlighted it. Like that's a that is to me is a very, very. I think it's somewhat unique, a very healthy and cool relationship that they very. have. Very. Where Justin trusts that guy and or trusts Adam, and Adam trusts Justin. And yeah, and I wasn't. And I apologize. I wasn't suggesting that Josh isn't great. I was just trying to like. I, I think that there is something there to these people who are. Um, kind of in their own, you know, like the Miko Salo closet, like they're in a closet or the Matt Fraser, they're in a basement uh, getting at it uh, by themselves. Okay. Um, uh, there is a guy on this list that I think is the most representative to what we have going on in the women's class, meaning there's so many women there that we just don't know what they're capable of because they're maturing so much year to year. Uh, like what we were talking about, Emma Lawson or Mal O'Brien or Olivia Kerstetter. They're so young. They're exploding. They have so much potential. Um, do you get, Does one man in this group stand out that it's like, fuck, we really don't know. A year to year, we're just not going to know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's No, it's a 21-year-old, Dallin Pepper. Yep, there he is. Dallin Pepper. He is, oh, I think Dallin's going to be great. I think he's going to be great too, but we don't know how great. Is the thing right? He he's kind of he's he's the, he's the closest thing that it, to an Emma Lawson in this pack, right? In this yes, pack, he's Emma, Emma Lawson to a T. I, that's a great a great comp. Although Emma's probably, I think Emma's better. better Emma's better, better than but, yeah, but he is a but he is a there's a potential like no one's going to be surprised. Well, it's relative though, because I would I would argue that finishing nineteenth as a rookie in the men's field is not like I would say sixth in the women's field is better, but I, I would say it's comparable to finishing tenth in the women's field as a rookie in terms of like just because of what i what I believe about the depth of talent at the top of the well basically top to bottom of the men's field compared to the women's field. What happens in year two? so we saw Jason go Jason Hopper go from nineteenth to seventh. We saw Mal go from seventh to second we'll I th- you know Emma Lawson's got the hardest hat. she's sixth to start with. So how, how much of a jump can she make there? I think it's very reasonable to see Dallin make a jump of, you know, six to 12 spots up the leaderboard at the games this year for, and he was 19th. Are, um, are Adler and uh, Krennikov in a league of their own in this field? And I don't think so. I think I almost picked Hopper to beat Roman for this. Wow. Uh, I think I would say it's just that- a test. It's just a test for the right reason. You have to think there's five machines in this 
semifinal field, Hopper's going to be amazing. Roman's going to be, you know. Yeah, and I think that, you know, for those two guys in particular, you got to look at the gymnastics. So you look at the ruck test, and we know that Roman's biggest weakness is, is on the rings. Will, has he made enough of an improvement there to overcome that? You know, I think Jason will get him there. And then we look at the second test. We know what we know about Jason Hopper's gymnastics is that big volume sets have been hard for him, but high skill things in small doses, he's pretty good at. So again, I think that the way that the gymnastics are kind of doled out in these seven tests are more favorable for Hopper than Krenikov. And I, I, because our picks are so similar, I I do kind of wish I'd put Hopper second when I saw them. Um, But I think it's those three, I think are the top three. I think four through seven is the next group. And then I think there's like eight through 14 is the group that I'm most interested in, which are the ones that are going to be contending for the final game spots. Because I, even though I don't think they're all top 20 guys at the games, I think every guy that makes it out of the North America East is a relevant contender within the field of games athletes, meaning they can have top five finishes that impact the, the ultimate outcome for the podium at the end of the weekend. I need a dick in me. Uh, thank you for your thoughtful comment. Uh, Hopper beats Roman on machines. Question mark, question mark, question mark, exclamation, exclamation, exclamation. Well, no, I th- no. So go ahead, Brian. No, you go. Cause that, you love this. Okay. Listen, listen, Roman is, is the best at machines in all of the world that does CrossFit. That's relevant. But Hopper is second and he's right there. Like they are very, very, very close. Nobody else is close to those two. Oh, really? Like They're to, it, it is like yes. that. They're on a whole, another level. League of is... their own, and it's not close. But Roman is slightly better than Hopper. I'm just saying Hopper is going to be right there with him on every machine. And like Brian said, there's a couple workouts where Roman's not going to be the best one, and there's going to be six or seven guys that beat him. Hopper's one of those guys. Potentially, and this is yeah, and and so. Two things here. First of all, even though everyone has this inherent belief that it's very difficult or impossible to set a world record in one of these tests that in week one, I think that because both of these guys are going in week one, we will see at least one, if not two, event wins from them that hold up against every other male worldwide over the next two weeks. Mm. Because I so love that they're in the wow. same they're they're in the same uh, semifinal. It makes it it makes those races really really fun. There is one person in this field who should be extremely sad about that, though, and that's James Sprague, because James yes. is going to have highs. <laughs> James is going to have highs and lows at the semifinals, and and if you took those guys out of the field, he might be able to win one or two tests on his own. This is where the scoring system matters so much for the cut line, because if the point system is tapered, where you get bigger gaps at the top, let's say it's six point jumps from first to second to third, and then it goes to four, and then it goes to two, and then it's one at the bottom. In a different field, James might have the chance to win or take second on those, which would give him those six to 12 extra points that he won't get because the two best in the world happen to be in this field are points that he might need on the cut line to compensate for points that he's going to give away on the one rep max snatch and, and probably on the um, test to the gymnastics with the ruck. That's why the scoring table matters. Uh, hey, hey, what well said, Ryan, uh, Eric wise, uh, please put yourself in timeout, uh, for 10 minutes. Uh, oh, he says, will Sprague beat Allison scuds for demo team captain this year. That will be a 10 minute uh, timeout uh, for you. And maybe 20 burpees. If you don't uh, apologize that really, uh, so, uh, going back to the list here, let's just talk about James. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
okay, I, th- I think I can speak for, oh, I, th- I think I can speak for both of us, kind of a, a personal favorite for us. Uh, it adds value to just the quality of every event he's at just with his personality. I cannot say that about, I mean, he's kind of got that, um, uh, what's her name? Sam, Sam Briggs uh, thing going. Like if he's at an event, it's a better, it's a, it's a better event. I, I know, I know it's weird to say that when we're trying to test the fittest, but you have him down here at 14th. Well, so I think that the margins between eight and 14 on my list are extremely small. Um, and, this and how is, many go 12 go? Yeah. So I, I basically, I think there's going to be two deserving games athletes. And what I mean by that is that if they were in the games field, they would be just as good as the four guys that will get in at their expense or five guys that get in at their expense. And we just, we can't have them all there. So it's, there's going to be a, two guys left out. And this is assuming that there's no one else deeper in the field that's making a big jump up or having the weekend of their life that we're maybe not, not expecting or counting on which I don't, I never want to discredit that. Like just because I'm drawing a line at 14 does not mean that these guys in the next 10 can't have some phenomenal performance and be right there at the last event on Sunday. But if you're looking at those eight guys, you have this same kind of dichotomy that we have on the women's where you have guys like Caron, Vigneault and Morad who have proven to be able to do it consistently that they, when the moment matters, when the chips are down, when it's the last event and in this setting, they've done it before. Then you have guys like Spencer Panchik, and um, he got lucky to get in last year. Like it was very small margins, and he barely beat out Christopher and Berman for different reasons. So those three guys are still in this field. Then you have James Sprague and Will Morad, who were, you know, an 81 point swing, knocked one out and got the other in. And you're basically, if you're combining that, that happened last year in one event, there was an 81 point swing. Yeah. Will came from behind and made up 81 points on James. It was a, it was a heavy snatch. It was multiple snatches, but a heavy snatch workout that cost James the games last year. I mean, he was otherwise good enough. When you look at this field, it's so talented at the top that if you take a big hit on a workout, like James is almost definitely going to do on this, on the max snatch. And you look at all these other guys who are, you know, they're going to lift more than him by my, it feels like at least 20 pounds. And this men's field in the East is very deep with strong guys. If James takes an 80-point hit on that workout and only comes away with 20 points, and we're assuming a lot about the scoring system there, I don't think it's enough for him to make up the gap. And I hate to say that, and I, and I hope I'm wrong. And it's kind of interesting that um, uh, right across from him on um, John's list is Griffin Raleigh, right? So you have one of the strongest athletes in, in, at any regional. Yeah, he's, and I would say you know, his placement of Griffin relative to mine, which is at 20th, is the, probably the biggest disparity we have of any athlete in this entire field. Is Griffin Raleigh a, a serious? Um, uh, does he have serious? I mean, I know he's. I know he's. I'm not questioning him as an athlete at all. I know he's remarkable. I was watching him do those burpees. I'd never seen anyone do such explosive burpees. Those uh, over the bar burpees. But is he? Does he have serious games aspirations? Like, is he a guy who wants to go to the games, or is he just a guy who's just training his ass off? I think. I think he's serious about going to the games. I just. I just don't know if he can do it. You know, he's technically not a, he would not be a rookie either. He did qualify in 2020. He only competed online in seven events and he finished in the bottom 15% of that field. But um, yeah, I think that probably just me saying something like that is motivating for him. He's like, I'm going to, I'm going to show these guys I am a games athlete and that even in a normal year, I can make it. Uh, uh, Luke Luke Parker, uh, any chance 
And and if and if they knew that he had no chance, like John shaking his head, why not? Why does why wouldn't he stick with teams again? I mean, we've talked about this with um, with a variety of different athletes. Like, you don't want to be on a team with someone who doesn't want to be competing on a team. And if he ha- and if he wants to give it a go as individual, then I don't think it's in the best interest of his potential teammates or his coach or him to try to convince him otherwise. When I spoke to him in Mayhem, he believes he's one of the 40 fittest men on earth, and he's going to show up to Orlando and try to prove that to everyone. I actually think there's several tests in this that could be pretty good for him. Um, this field is very difficult. What I've seen from him already doesn't give me confidence to put him in that top 15. But like I said, there's going to be someone that outperforms what I believe is possible for them in this men's field. And if I'm Luke Parker, I would be showing up there with all the confidence in the world that that's me. I hope that person's Shane Sprague. I know y'all talked about him briefly. If I'll give you this um, question to talk about James Sprague here, John. Um, there's a difference between someone like James Spriggs and like someone who might make a gross error at the games, right? If James Spriggs doesn't have a good snatch, it's not because of a gross error. It's just the limitations of where he's at in his career, his body type and et cetera. Right. And he's still young as shit. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, but, but is there, is there a chance is when you look at these tests, is there a chance we're going to see someone, do you think, it, or do you think it's guaranteed that we're going to see one of these top guys 10 and up? Not Vigneault, but a Tyler Cristoval, a Noah Olson. Can we see Noah Olson shit the bed on one workout that's a, um, kind of would be uncharacteristic for him so that he completely gets knocked out? The way you're saying James Sprague, it could happen to James Sprague, but it wouldn't be an error. It would just be a limitation on his uh, capacity. I mean, th- this is what I was trying to assess when, when placing these guys 8 through 14 is where's their biggest problem and how does that problem relate to the likely – punishment that they'll get based on the field they're competing against because i think that every i think that every one of these guys is likely to have a bad a relative bad event or two but if your bad event yields a 20th place finish because it's a hard movement like a seated legless rope climb for the entire field that's different than being bad at running where most of the guys are going to be good at running the snatch is almost uh, irrelevant for most uh, of them. The margins for error air are smaller. And so a, a similarly bad event there could yield a 40th place instead of a 20th place. So if your limitations are on the things that are hardest for the field as a whole, that's better than if your limitations are on something that in general the field is good at because it's a relatively low barrier to entry. And this is a very deep men's field. Uh, Jack Farlow uh, is a great rapper. <laughs> I, 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 well, I didn't we consider Jack- that when I did my rankings. If I had thought about that, I might have moved them up a little bit. Is there a rapper named? Uh, uh, I think it's Jack Harlow. Oh, well, I don't know who that is. Did you talk about Jake Berman yet? No, another guy I really like. I, there's, it, it sucks. I really like some of these guys. I'd love to see these guys go in just so I could have them on the show. Go ahead. Do you want to say something about Mr. Berman? Why, why do you hate Jake Berman, Brian? <laughs> <laughs> I don't hate Jake Berman. I mean, it's very similar to asking about Shelby Neal. Like, I think we could see possibly another event record out of Jake in event two that stands the entire test of, of oh, semifinals. Shit. What's yeah. the workout? That's it's the, rock, the ring the muscle, muscle up, up one. Uh, pistol and he's that um, good at those. Where we box get over. Yeah, and if you went back and watched, um, you think he beats the, Mertens in that? 
I would say in a vacuum, if you, if you just showed me this workout that um, uh, I just had this conversation yesterday that uh, Colton Mertens, Jake Berman, Scott Tetlow, Luca Vunjak out in Europe. And there was one other that I'm forgetting right now. Like I would, I would think that those would have top Dukic, five. Lazar Dukic. Please tell me uh, this isn't so his sister. Please tell me this isn't his sister. Please tell me this is his girlfriend. Not his sister. I don't. I, 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 looks like it's his baby. <laughs> Sweet baby. That's <laughs> damn. All right. More pictures of her. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. Jake Berman versus Colt Mertens. Why does he have so few pictures? Homie, homie, homie don't post much. Anyway, Jake's got. Uh, I think that Jake has a, a, as much of a chance as any of these guys to make it. I think that how well he's able to do on the two running tests relative to the field is a big question and how well he's able to do on the legless rope climbs, uh, everything like um, Shelby Neal, everything else in that workout, I think is great for him. How he manages those legless rope climbs could be a big indicator of what his uh, ultimate result is making the games or not. Uh, b- belongs to a camp training think tank. Yeah, so no chance, basically. That yeah, no chance. Yeah, no chance. Oh no, he can make the games. He just can't win the games. Just can't win the games. Yeah, I hope he. I makes agree. It. I agree with that, Sevon. I, I no chance. Jake Berman wins the games. I like him. <laughs> Less time with her, uh, more time uh, in the gym. That could be Laura Horvat's sister. Let's, oh, oh, wait, wait. There's more pictures. What? Let us let us peruse. Ah. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. That is a huge distraction. <laughs> Holy shit. I don't think I, that's his sister. I, I, well, thank you. <laughs> that's important. <laughs> well, uh, that, I, I believe that thing that she's wearing is an undergarment. The, the, uh, that shirt is an oh undergarment. God. I'm just, I'm just saying. Well, I'm old. When I was, when I was a kid, those were, um, those were uh, undergarments. Okay. Um, uh, fan, uh, oh, well, let's off to Jake Berman. What a distraction he is. Uh, Are we on to uh, Africa? Oh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Come on. Give us, give me, give me five he minutes. Forgot so hard uh, five minutes. Africa. My fucking Lord. That sounds a little excessive. <laughs> Let me, um, I, I actually had no plans on doing I'm banking oh, sh- for four of those minutes for you to find one of their Instagram accounts. It has a picture of a woman in it. Okay, uh, Michelle Bassinet. We can talk about her. Okay, let me see if I can. She's one of Taylor's athletes. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Uh, The only thing I found interesting about Africa is something from uh, Brian's article on uh, BeFriendlyFitness.com. Basically, the woman who went from Africa last year is is not even competing this year. Um, If she was competing, you think she's competing on a team? Okay. If she was competing, she would be in contention to make the games again. Yes. And, and but you are saying also that the the competition between Michelle and uh, Christina number two is going to be close. Yes, and I was actually <clears throat> holding out on making a decision between these two until I saw the workouts, and I think that if I as I wrote in you the really article, think so? What that it's going to be close between them two? I do. I I don't. I think Michelle wraps it up. Uh, and I think that you know Michelle's. Um, I'd say her two biggest weaknesses are running and just confidence. There's two running tests where we're running as a critical component of the test. I think she, she might take a little bit of a hit there. The problem with the, with Africa is there's not a lot of depth. So, you know, a, a bad performance for someone who's trying to make the games is like a sixth. 
And if you have one six, that like that might be it. I think that um, Michelle is very good and well suited for the other five tests. And I think that when you you know head to head, she has an advantage over Christina in at least four or five of those. And I think that's enough to make it. And she drinks Paper Street coffee. Me too. If, if, if you didn't know, wearing the shirt. Uh, yes, oh, you are right now. Yeah, super comfy. Oh. I um I can't tell you what happened to mine. Uh, Saturday night and uh, Top Golf has two point five hour wait, so the next best option is Monster. Mi- oh, uh, but Paper Street Coffee. Will Brandstetter is a national treasure. Well, when is this posted? There, there's no way. Seven days ago, was she in Africa? Seven days ago. I don't think I so. I, think I was gonna say, I can't imagine they have Top Golf in Africa. She okay, was so at she- uh, Jr's place like a month ago. With me? That and John. That's where that's where she was training. Uh, she was there during the um, crescendo competition. Yeah, getting some training in with Taylor, hanging out. And and did you um and, and did you get to talk to her? Yeah. And yeah, and watched her train a little bit. You too, uh, Mr. Young. Yeah, I was in the garage with her, uh, Jr's garage with her and Taylor. And, and what's she like? Didn't one of you just say that you're concerned about her confidence? What's she like? You, does she seem a little demure? No, she's I mean, too confident. No, it's a it's a it's a big deal in this sport. Is and uh, it's this thing that I've been talking about. Until you do it, there's this just there's this kind of just this doubt of I'm not sure if I can. And I think that for her, if she's able to qualify this year, it'll set her on a very good trajectory for the next few years. If she comes up short again, then that's you know that's a difficult thing. I think it'll be a difficult thing for her to manage, especially as much as you know. She had, like the trip to Africa is no joke. Like that's a big trip. It's a big change. It's a di- different environment. It's a big commitment to go there from here. Christina also doesn't live in in uh, Africa. I think she's in Australia or New Zealand, and she's got to make a big trip over there herself. So these women are putting a lot on the line to go there and try to make it, and you know only one of them can. Uh, looking at the men, finally, uh, Jason Smith. If if there was a CrossFit Hall of Fame, would Jason Smith be in it? No. I think there's a there's a, a case to be made for that. It kind of depends on what the criteria is. I mean, he's the best we've ever seen from his co- continent, and that's obviously a pretty good, you know, uh, accolade or to, or moniker to carry around with you, and is a case um, for potentially Hall of Fame. Uh, but if you put him on the global scale, I don't think that his resume would stack up to the other athletes that you would see making. Yeah, how hard are we making this Hall of Fame? Because, uh, really, like, really hard, but he's done something special, right? I mean, he's, he's he's held down the fort. How many times has he been to the games? Well, as an individual, I think it's two. Oh, okay. He finished Three. seventh and then 32nd one year. Three. The seventh place year was in 2017. That's how is he was 10th that year. How is Keelan Henry? How is his health? Yeah, I think Keelan is healthy. I think he's very fit, and I think he's the guy to beat. However, Darren Zernamer is coming. If you read the article I wrote, this guy has been improving at every competition that he's done over the last three years. And I, th- and I, I really believe, I know John doesn't think so on the women's side that it's going to come down to the last event for both the men and the women, like it's, or, or a place in an event for the men and the women. Like, I think the margin is small. And I think that yeah, either of those guys that make it or either of those women that make it is a deserving representative from Africa this year. Um, do you think, I, uh, go ahead, John, sorry. I, I agree wholeheartedly with the the men. Like you might not know their names, but the race will be really fun to watch throughout the stream between Darren and Keelan. I think uh, 
people people yeah. aren't gonna know who Darren is, and he's he's like Ryan said, he's he's been working really hard. Darren doesn't seem to have the uh, same distractions that uh, Jake Berman has. Uh, do, do you think that that's too bad for him? <laughs> do you think that uh, this? Do you think that whoever makes it from Africa will finish in the top uh, thirty at the CrossFit Games? I think uh, it's hard. It's hard to say. Uh, I think it's possible. I think it's. It'd possible. be around there. It'd be around there. Are you okay with this? Uh, are you okay with this accessory work right here? Yeah, Seal Rose, love it. You okay with the the, the way that's set up? That's a nice gym. That's how I do them. Hey, that's set up kind of like the the semifinals are going to be set up. There's two floors, right? Do you know about the setup? Do you know about the venue, the two floors, wherever it is in Florida? This thing that uh, yeah. Don alluded to. Yeah. All right. I mean, keep in mind they're also doing some like spectator activations and stuff. So that floor will be used for other things instead of uh, not exclusively for the elite individual or team competitions, um, but also. Think about the total amount of time on the floor between all six team tests, all seven individual tests, 60 men, 60 women, 40 teams, and some spectator stuff. I mean, if you didn't think there were going to be two competition floors available at some capacity, I don't know how you were planning to manage all of that on one floor over those four days. Uh, good, good point. It's funny when you, when he said floors, I, I got, it wasn't until just now that I realized I had it visualized wrong. I think, I thought he was talking about like on top of each other. Look at these guys carrying a fucking scooter. Well, I think they just picked it up. <laughs> All right. Um, man. Okay. Uh, so there's the, there's your predictions for, uh, this weekend. Uh, any, any notable, um, any, anyone worth talking about that popped for drugs so far, uh, anything worth noting, anyone injuries, anyone pulled out of any semifinals, uh, that we know about that are coming up? Um, no, I don't, I don't think anything significant. I know there was one change in the European men's field, but it wasn't like a top athlete. Uh, I've heard about some like, you know, injuries here and there, but I don't think it's going to cause any withdrawals. So I don't think so. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, thank you. Uh, what, what stands out to me is, is uh, this, this weekend, if you are a uh, CrossFit Games fan, you do not want to miss it this weekend. I think you can watch all of the events that they are streaming over on their YouTube channel. Uh, when they are live, we will not be live, most likely. And when they are not live, uh, we will be live. And uh, so there's that. Are you around this weekend, John, to play? Yes, sir. I should be. Yeah. Alrighty. And Brian, which event you'll be at the event in Orlando? Yep. And, and will you be tucked away like in a basement somewhere or will you be running back and forth? Do you, do you know what, what you'll be doing? I should be on or near the competition floor. Awesome. Are, are we, uh, are we planning on having like live commentary as the events going on YouTube? I don't think or so. Do you listen to what you just said? After. When they're live, he probably most likely will not. When they're not live, he most likely will be. Okay. Well, he pulls audibles every now and again. I, just I do. I do. Yes, I do. Just want to make sure I'm available for the whole thing. Uh, what about predicting for each event? Will we be doing that? I don't know. That's a good question. I, Roman will win event one. Book it. <laughs> that is a that is a give great me two, question. You give me two to one odds, I'll take Hopper. That, I will 100% give you two to one odds in that. 
Okay, what do you want to bet? We'll talk about that off air. Am I still timed out? What is what is am I still I don't know what that means. No, no, only one person got punished this show. I think it was Kenneth. I like these odds things. Maybe. Oh shit, did someone accidentally put Elise on timeout? That's not cool. That can't be done. Um uh Mike Halpin, I will be somewhere there as well. Please say hi to me. I'm desperate for friends. Okay. I'm more likely in a dark corner staring at a spreadsheet. All right, fine. What happened to Radow? Someone tell me. All right. Uh guys, I will see you possibly this evening for a frisbee show. I am still in negotiations with the um host of that show to try to figure out some things. Bye bye.